The Meeting Charleston podcast is sponsored by Princeton Mortgage, home of the Princeton Promise. If you think your mortgage process was anything less than effortless, just tell them why and receive a $1,000 credit. My husband Mark and I moved to Charleston in 2018 with our three daughters. We both grew up in New Jersey and were ready for a new adventure. We had visited Charleston a few years back and immediately fell in love. So when it came time to pick a new home, low country living seemed like a no-brainer. So far, it has definitely exceeded our expectations. We love meeting our new neighbors and hearing their stories, so we started this podcast because we think that you might want to hear these stories too. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our feed on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, and please give us a five-star rating. Your support will make it easier for us to get an audience with the people you would most like to hear from. If you have suggestions for us on guests or things that we can do to improve the podcast, please message us on Facebook or Instagram. Your feedback is sincerely appreciated. Now on to our guest. Last Saturday, we got together with a couple of our favorites and sat down to podcast with them in our new podcast recording studio. So we'd been recording all day and never really stopped and started um, to do an official intro. So some of the intros are kind of after we already started talking. And I love some of the content and the stories. So a few of these podcasts during what's what the pandemic has caused and um, that we're doing back to back on some weekends, we really will just dive right into it. And then you may hear halfway through or a few minutes in, um, we're here with so-and-so. So that's what you'll hear on this podcast, but we wanted to keep the the first few minutes in there and we love the flow of it and we're not, we really like these interviews to be raw and candid, um, so we don't want to touch them up. So we have Chris and Nicole. My favorite is dealing with husband and wife owners of restaurants or bars or local businesses because Mark and I have owned businesses over the last 15 years and it, there's just a very interesting dynamic that adds to everything that goes into the business when you're married. Um, so we are so excited to have Chris and Nicole, the owners of Indigo Reef Brewery here. And without further ado, we'll dive right into it. There's definitely going to be some heen and hawing if there's any uh, pointed questions. <laughs> We were just talking because they just, um, is it yesterday? I think they just announced that breweries can be indoors starting Monday. Yeah, 50% or whatever, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm we like, were... who's still the beer? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Chris did a really good job of navigating some of those really complicated questions. So yeah. Sure. It's good. It's good. Thank you. Yeah. Chris is awesome, too. Huh, so I got to ask, do you, um, have you had any of the hard seltzers from any of the breweries? In town? No, I, I, it's funny, like, we end up, like, we're, like, more foodie, so, like, that's, like, just, like, like generally we haven't, I've not been to any of the breweries here yet. Like, oh, really? So, like, okay. so, this is our new, like, I, and, I, and by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, because we met, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, so, I, and I also can't drink beer, so, like, right. it's, like, so, like, that's, like, part of it, too, for me, but um, I'm going to start going, like, now that just, I want to just drink whatever. We have wine and cider, so I'll nice. put that out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, no, no, don't I was, tell us yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. Start, yeah. You guys are recording. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I'm. Uh, no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I started recording, so we're. Okay. So, yeah, you should probably, like, either. I don't know if you want to pick up the microphone either or, like, be, like, closer. Yeah. So. You can hold the microphones, though. So, there are alcohol wipes right here and sanitizer right there okay. if you we need just, anything. Just or, yeah. I yeah. We've been. Trying to, this is all new too, so we, 
We literally, this was our quarantine project. This used to be like a really disgusting garage. Oh, that was very, very dirty. So, Thank you. I'm like, yeah, I am. I, I want to go home and clean our garage now. <laughs> Thank you. That means so much. So Mark's best friend from college, one of his best friends from college, um, actually moved down with us when we moved here two years ago and moved in with us and lived with us for six months. He okay. like came down on vacation on a whim, went to Five Church, like interviewed, got a job on the spot and then started working here and was like, you know what? I'm going to quit my job in, in Philly and move down here. And so he's been in food and bev down here ever since. And he obviously with all of this going on was out of work. So we were talking about the garage and he's like, I can do what you're looking to do. And we're like, okay, well, win-win for both of us. Yeah. Let's do it. That's awesome. Because yeah, I can't do any of this stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm the least handy person you've ever met. So I, I was very impressed with him because he just did it. And we like bro- broke out a little area. We'll show you when we're done. But um, for the kids, we have three girls. Yeah. So... Um, like all the way on the other side, there's like a little paint area that they can like go crazy. Oh, so they have like a little art studio so and yeah, yeah they awesome. love it. It's cool. Yeah. So you want to do, do it? Yeah. No. All right. So we are here <laughs> with Chris and Nicole, the owners of Indigo Reef Brewery um, over on Clements Ferry. Is it still Clements Ferry Road? Yeah, that's the name of the road. We're technically off of Wamba Creek. Wamba Creek. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, were they changing the name? I feel like there's a They're group. Just... <laughs> yeah, there's a group um, that's gotten together, and it's it's kind of halted because of all, everything going on. But um, they're trying to change it to Clements Ferry like Parkway or Clements Ferry Drive or something that's better than just Clements Ferry Road. Okay. Um, and then they're also trying to like when you get off at the exit, trying to put up signage that is more welcoming. Like when you're coming into Mount Pleasant, you get off at Long Point. There's an, a nice thing that says not welcome Mount Pleasant. So they're trying to do things like that. Um, but it hasn't gotten a whole lot of traction just yet. Um, because we had just the little the group had just started. We're just yeah. part of the group, we're not really doing any of that stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. And they're trying to rebrand it as St. Thomas Isle. I, I thought yeah. it was I was like, this is so interesting. But yeah. well, because everybody always asks where we're at, and everybody always says Daniel Island. I'm like, well, technically, geographically speaking, we are not on the island because of where the creek comes through. Yep. But we're also not quite Kenoy, so we're in this kind of no man's land. But I usually just go with whatever people say. My favorite is when people say that we're Mount Pleasant. As long as you are coming to visit yeah. us and be a patron, let, you can stay where, wherever you want us yeah, to be. Exactly. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little about yourself? You know, you know, start with kindergarten. Or, yeah. <laughs> Nicole, oh, <laughs> let us know take us on your path and your journey to to how you ended up in the brewery business so we ended up in the brewery business back in the day we were living up in madison wisconsin um lived there for like six or seven years and you don't look old enough to start any story with back in the day so how, the day. How, long, how long ago was this um that was what It's been a whirlwind. Um, but so up in Wisconsin, we started homebrewing. Um, Christopher broke his ankle playing indoor soccer. We were supposed to go on a dive trip, and we had to cancel it. So for his birthday, I got him a homebrew kit, and we started homebrewing in the kitchen in February in Wisconsin. It was very cold. So cold. It was ice. There was snow, ice. Everything. Um, so actually, he was kind of all gimped up on his crutches, and I was the one with my friend kind of hauling all the stuff around. Um, and he would just point and tell me what to do. 
So that was our first batch of beer. Um, and then Kim, like being electrical engineering by trade and um, through his education and schooling, like he loves to tinker. So um, through that little homebrew kit, he just slowly like built up on it, buying new things, making things more complicated, but also making the beer a lot better. Um, and then <laughs> as we moved down to Charleston, kept up with the homebrewing stuff. A little bit harder to cold crash the beer down here than it was up in Wisconsin because we could just stick it in the snow and it would drop. But um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So we, we moved down here. I, I feel like it, it probably happened when we brewed in the summer up there. I would say too. Yeah. But I, I just remember like the that being a big question of well, my buddies that showed me how to homebrew told me you just take the pot, you put it in snow, and you spin it around, and then you leave it. For like an hour and then you come back and it's it's cold and then you pitch the yeast and you're good yeah so um yeah the first time we brewed when there wasn't snow i was very confused <laughs> like what yeah. are we doing like let me do a quick google search as to how to cool down beer so real quick just to not to totally interrupt yeah. you but wh- why charleston how did you end up coming here so it's beautiful yeah yeah it's <laughs> And me having to shovel the snow banks so I can make room to put more snow onto the snow banks. We're like, we're done. Uh, um, and we were doing consulting at the time, so knew that we could kind of live wherever we wanted to and we would travel to the different clients. So, like, if we can live wherever we want, why are we living in the frozen tundra? Yep. So, we kind of threw some darts at a map and Charleston kind of came up to the top of the list. We came down to visit and, like, fell in love instantly. Um, and then about a year later, we were able to pack everything up and move down. It's yeah. amazing. And I think that I always like to remember about when we came here to see if it's where we want to move. It was 55, I think it was like November or so. And it was 55 degrees and rainy for the entire week we were here. But the, <laughs> And you I, still fell in love. Yeah, we still, still fell in love, love with it. And like <laughs> everybody was so nice to us. The, uh, we stayed at a Marriott downtown and the, the driver kind of drops you off at, you know, wherever you want to go in that. Um, was so nice. We were talking about moving down here, and he said, "Oh, uh, if if you need a place to stay, like you can stay with me. Here's my phone number." And we were like, "What? What is this?" And we learned like <laughs> that's just how people are down here. Everybody's so hosp- um, hospitable. Hospitable. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> and just so nice. Um, and it's we just love that aspect of it. And then the weather is just gorgeous yeah. and yeah. amazing. Yeah, people people at home. We're from New Jersey. We've been here two years ago. People are really tired of us saying <laughs> how amazing everything is here, oh, yeah. for yeah. sure. And and it's it is the people, right? The weather's amazing, but there's lots of places that have amazing weather. The people here and the amount of stuff to do it doesn't it doesn't even make sense. So, I we we agree. Yeah, and we so um, Nicole's originally from Ohio, and I'm originally from Michigan, and so my dad's in the um, like northern part of Michigan. And he sent me a uh, text today that had, I think it was like an inch of snow on the ground and on his like deck. Oh, and I just responded so and I was like, how, it's May, how do you have snow <laughs> on your deck? It snowed in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. A little bit. Yep. That's so crazy. I'm yeah. like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. So, Pandemic, global warming, it's all it's over. Everything just, yeah. <laughs> Drink some beer. So drink some beer. (laughs) So when did you guys decide to go pro? That's a great question, and I don't actually remember. The things that I do remember was we were were tinkering around with a lot of recipes. We were brewing 
for our wedding. Um, we oh, were, how cool. We were like four yeah. batches of beer and we wanted to serve it at the wedding. So, And I remember during the wedding, he did a speech about <laughs> opening a brewery. So at that point, we at some point nice. decided that we were going to be going down that path. Um, but I would say probably about, you know, earlier that year is when we really started to think about it. His contract was wrapping up for the consulting and um, we kind of knew that we didn't want to be on the road all the time, especially like if we wanted to start a family eventually. So kind of took some time and put together a business plan and did a lot of research. Researching a brewery is a lot of fun because that just means you get to go around to a bunch of breweries and drink yeah. and look at their decor and tap room setup and we had a blast with it. Um, but I don't know the exact like moment where we decided that we were going to do this. Yeah. When did you, when did you come up with the name? Um, go ahead. Yeah. So we, um, so we have a couple of different versions of the story. We have a, a quick version and a long version, but we'll take the time. So we, um, originally when we were homebrewing, we used to have a Husky and her name was Bella and she was always with us when we would homebrew. So, she, you know, she was out there with us, you know, we're brewing and playing with her and everything. So we always kind of wanted to go the Husky theme. And so we originally, so the homebrew side, we called ourselves Husky Pup Brewing. And so when we started looking at naming, we thought Husky Pup was a little too cutesy. So we were going to name ourselves Southern Husky Brewing to incorporate the South and then also kind of keep Bella on theme. And uh, so we we went through that. We started a trademark um, process where we, I filled out all the paperwork uh, trademarks take forever. I don't know if you guys have, have been down that road before or not. Yeah, we have. Yeah, <laughs> so you know. Uh, so after six months, I finally hear back from the patent office, and they say that there's a Russian vodka company that's called Husky. Just the word Husky. Uh, so anything that has to do with Husky cannot be trademarked in food and bed. So we kind of went back to the drawing board. At this point, we're working with um, a... Uh, marketing advertising company um, called Gee Creative. So Richard Gee is awesome, amazing group. Uh, so we kind of and they're local down here. Yep, yeah, they're local awesome. here, right yeah. off the of Meeting Street. Yep, awesome. Yeah. And and so we kind of went back to to Richard and said, okay, so here's the here's where we're at. Uh, you know, we we don't have a great name, or like we we basically can't use the name we thought. Because um, for from a brewing standpoint, it's very important. The the beers less so on the names. Um, you kind of have some leeway, and if you ever get a season to assist or something, you just change the name or don't brew that beer again. That's very easy. But the actual brewery name, we needed that to be trademarked and protected. So I went back and chatted with Richard. Um, we also had a um, I don't know, call him like maybe an intern, Josh. Yeah. Um, so, some yeah, someone who's kind of like helping us. Uh, and he threw out the reef idea because we're scuba divers. So we kind of started going down that road. And then we, we want to say we had about six different combinations of names of like our wedding date. So we were thinking like reef 514 is our wedding date, right? Yep. Uh, and <laughs> so we were, we were looking at those options and uh, ended Happy up, anniversary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, coming up close. <laughs> yeah. I think I should know that, um, but I do have a gift for her. Uh, but yeah, so we, we kind of were talking through different options, and we settled on Indigo Reef because Indigo used to be a cash crop here in Charleston. So it has ties to Charleston, 
which was important to us because we didn't necessarily want to just call ourselves Charleston Reef or, you know, just kind of put it out there like that. Yeah. But we wanted a subtle hint to let people know where we are uh, and really kind of pay homage to that local aspect. Um, and then really pulling in that reef aspect from the scuba diving, which is one of our biggest passions. That's so cool. It's a long answer. I apologize. No, that, that, that's no. Kind of a totally I answer. love yeah. that. Yeah. And that's really important. So, so when, so I guess when did when did all that happen? When did you like say like this is our brewery? We have a name. So that's like when that's a big step in your professional process. Yeah, and I. So, I, mean, like, uh, I know. I was gonna say we, the <laughs> the one thing I remember. So we opened June. Uh, the official opening of the brewery was June fifth, twenty nineteen. Uh, we started, we signed our lease March of 2018. So if anybody's listening and thinking about opening a brewery, we had what we thought were all of our ducks in a row. We had our business plan. We had uh, funding secured. We had everything ready to go March of 2018. And we opened in June of 2019. And I would say wow. before that, it was probably a year and a half. Planning, finding planning. a location at that point we were getting the name figured out and starting the logo design um so, yeah. take, so so what were all the things that you ran into you weren't expecting because that's yeah, yeah. This is, that's, a, that's a good question this is what people want to hear right yeah, the, yeah. I'm, every, the business starting journey is kind of a lot of the people are that's what they're most interested in so yeah and yeah. nobody ever thinks about it or sees it it's like they always see that 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 famous painting that everybody has, like success, the raw, like the iceberg in the water, and then you see everything underneath, yeah. and you're like, yeah, nobody has any idea of the stress and the time and, and it, it, it's all of that. It's to find a location because we were a little picky. Um, we knew we wanted a place with outdoor space because, again, the reason we moved down here was the weather, so we wanted to yep. take advantage of that. Um, but turns out, finding property in Charleston with outdoor space. That's zoned appropriately for a brewery. It needs to be a light industrial, yeah. Um, which is why you see breweries in industrial areas and on top of each other because those zoning pockets in the Charleston area are pretty small. Yeah. Um, so that was a little bit of a struggle. And then you also can't be within what is it a thousand feet of a church or a school? So there's churches everywhere. So that like <laughs> it gets smaller and smaller as to where you could physically put a brewery. But we were lucky enough to find a building that was. I think it was just like beams. There, there's con- there's when we signed, con- when concrete we and leaves. beams yeah. were the only two things that were there when we looked at it. Well, we saw the wow. plans and kind of looked at it and I could kind of visualize what was going to happen. I'm like, this will work. It was the right size. It was within our budget. Um, so when we signed the lease, I still have a picture of like just the purple wall stuff and like no roof um, <laughs> on this building. So then what took so long was the upfitting. So they, one, had to finish putting all the stuff in place. Unfortunately, the way that these buildings were constructed was they pour the concrete first. Well, if you've ever been to a brewery, you know there's a lot of drains involved because there's a lot of liquid involved. So even though they had all this beautiful concrete already poured with a hole in the middle for the bathrooms, like we had to like redo everything. So we had to, we moved the bathrooms to a different part of the building. We had to cut drains. We did a big trench drain to help with like production side and like all of that. And then you add in the the plumbers, the electricians, the drywall people, the painters, like everything was just like delay, 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 delay. And that's a big thing down here. It's, it's a blessing and a curse that um, the Charleston area is growing so fast. But because of that, the trades are just so busy that they don't have to show up on a job that they're supposed to be at. 
So we actually are, so our landlords are actually general contractors as well. So they did the upfitting for us and our uh, first set of electricians, like the, the foreman and, and his group, stop showing up and say it was like half roughed in and I would you know they're supposed to be there every day during the week and I would talk to our project manager and everything and say hey what's going on and so after I think that took like a month to get that resolved they got another team out there and they started working but any given day and I would say across the trades I would go in there and the project manager said oh yeah the painter's coming today I'm like I'm working from the brewery and there's no painter here I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. And then all the while, like we, because the equipment that we order is very large, very big, and comes over coming overseas. So when we signed the lease, he had already done all the research on the equipment, and he was like pulling the trigger on ordering this stuff so that it would be here in time for when we thought we were opening in September. So now all of a sudden we have all these big tanks coming over, nowhere to put it because yeah. the unit isn't up yet. So our landlords were super amazing and basically let us use. The unit next door is our storage unit. So we use that for like nine months to like stage everything, get it ready. We built all of our tables and benches in there and kind of set everything up until we were actually able to move into our actual unit and set stuff up permanently. Wow. Well, I was just going to say the other thing I I was not uh, anticipating was I kind of figured our municipalities would all talk to each other and that the inspectors would talk to each other and that, you know, we're opening this brewery. Everybody along the way should be checking things off. Well, the one that always gets me is our landlord's got final sign-off for inspection. So they call it certificate of occupancy. Mm-hmm. So we got our certificate of occupancy, which, you know, we had to do a couple things. But after we did that, we should be good to get our business license, good to open and, and go from there. So I go to the Charleston business or the Charleston some office downtown to get our business license. And they pull up our file and I have the check ready and I hand it to her and she says, we never had your final um, fire inspection. I was like, well, (laughs) shouldn't that have happened before you gave us like the CO? She said, yeah. I said, why is this my problem? I don't don't understand. Like, figure it out. You guys didn't do your job. How how is this my problem? So then we had to reach out and, and then she was, she was helpful in the sense that she said, call the fire marshal's office. And I said, Okay, so I did that, um, and there, there was maybe like two or three other things like that where I kind of expected other people to talk to each other, and that was never the case. So there's a lot of going between people to to pull everything together. Um, but I remember when we opened, I was still like looking out the window, saying, "Okay, is the fire marshal going to stop by?" Or like some some random group that we didn't pay appropriately. Yeah, we always like to say in our business, everything takes twice as long, costs twice as much as you expect. Yeah, exactly. 100% true. Yeah, so since you've opened, um, how would you say things have gone compared to what you were expecting? I would say it's never exactly like that. Is it, I mean, pre, pre-COVID, <laughs> let's say. Let's yeah. say yeah. Up, yeah. Up, up through March 1st or it, or you know February 15th, how are things going compared to what you were expecting? About, uh, it's tough to look back because... It, now I'm going to say it was pretty much what I was expecting, but like in the moment it wasn't. And that's kind of hard to explain, but like we had that, that initial pop. Um, they call it like the honeymoon phase where you're new and shiny and everybody wants to come and see you. So like your first month or two months is like great for sales. And then, so that was June and July. 
for us. Well, then you start getting into school coming back. And then we had hurricanes. And Mm. so starting to see like the fluctuations of the seasonality. And uh, it was a great learning experience of what does a storm at four o'clock do to our sales for that day? What does a traffic accident on 526 or 26 do? And starting to learn, okay, what, how are we going to be impacted by all these things that are outside of our control, but are still impacting our sales and our staffing and just trying to learn, learn as we go. And so, and so, and obviously this, we're in now, what should we be tourism season? (laughs) (laughs) So you guys still seem to have have a a healthy, (laughs) seem to have a healthier position on it than maybe uh, one would expect. Um, how has it been just navigating the water since all this has started and what are you, what are you going to try to do to take advantage of some of the loosening of things as we kind of go forward here? So I think one of the, the big things that, um, helped us, uh, hopefully will help us is, uh, the six packs of the canning that we we've done, uh, that was slated for later this year. We were actually looking at getting our own canning line and then slowly get into canning. Uh, but because of all the restrictions and having to go to a to-go only model, we had Ironheart, which is a mobile canner, come out and do uh, three different brands for us. So that was probably one of the things that I would say we adapted quickly to, um, to kind of have that other option. Um, we've also been bottling some a couple of different brands, which we were planning on doing anyway for some barrel-aged beers and things like that. But we kind of moved um, more into that than we expected. So that has helped us. Um, I will say the government, the payroll protection plan, we did get that. Um, that is going to help us a good bit. Uh, but just, you know, we, with us being so new, we, we had um, a good bit, a good chunk of change saved up that we were kind of holding off and waiting to spend when we opened. And it was basically a rainy day fund that I was going to reward us with, with a caning line later this year. Um, and so basically we've been eating into that budget right now. Um, we're, we're doing okay. I, th- I My two biggest things that I think suck is one, not seeing customers come in. Uh, we have, you know, our, our regulars still come in, they're buying beer at least once a week, uh, really supporting us. And, you know, we love seeing them and we're not so busy that we can still talk to them a little bit when they come in, which is nice. But I do miss being able to be in the tap room and talking to people about the new beer and that sort of stuff. Um, but then also seeing our tap room staff. So we've gone down to just our tap room manager and us. Wow. So we've, we've been in contact with a handful of our staff uh, and just kind of chatting with them and making sure they're okay and then talking about coming back. But I don't know, like they, they're basically our family at that point. So it, it kind of stinks when you, you can't even see them or, or anything like that. Yeah, and you guys have sorry you you haven't been in the brewery yet, but I've been there a few times. Our um, networking group goes there, um, so that's where I met you guys. Yeah. and I absolutely, I mean, you guys did such an amazing <laughs> job with the space. It's all cool. It is, <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's so my taste too. So it's like I love going there. I love the whole setup. It's it's amazing, and it's super fun. Like you can bring the kids. It's. It's awesome. So that I, it would kill. I understand that that, yeah. that sucks so badly right now. And that's the hardest part, especially because you get into it. You, I mean, you have the passion for the brewery, but, and you brewing the beer, but you also have such a passion for talking to your 
patrons about it. I mean, both times that or th- I think I've been there three times, all three times I spoke with either one of you or both of you and talking about the beers. And I love the little, like you get to read about the beers and it's just, I mean, it's really cool. So I, I understand how much that sucks for you guys. Yeah. Have you guys opened your out, outside area? Not yet. So that's on our list this week. We're, we're being cautious. We don't want to just open up floodgates. One, to protect the customers that are coming in. We feel an obligation to make sure that they're in a, a safe space and then also to protect ourselves and our staff. Yeah. So we have a, we've already kind of rearranged some of the tables in the outside space. I finally put up sun sails, which has been on my to-do list for like months. So finally knocked that out to help the courtyard be a little bit softer and more inviting. Um, but the, this week we're going to be kind of rearranging the inside space, um, kind of spacing tables out, moving the bar stools and looking at the week of the 18th to potentially open up again. Um, in a limited capacity, obviously, but um, continuing those to-go sales for people that don't want to be out and about. But we're just, we're taking our time and making sure that we have the right processes and procedures in place. We have the sanitization um, stuff that we need. We just place an order with our Penn Station guy to make sure that we have everything like in stock on hand to make sure that we're doing everything right. Yeah, and because that's another thing to call out is that those um, chemicals that we use for cleaning and sanitizing, you know, it's really important to us that you know, we could have a water bottle that says sanitizer and spray down the table, but is it really killing? Is it really doing what it's supposed to? So we've been working with Mark, our chem station contact, um, to, to make sure that we're getting something that is on the EPA list of um, the, the list of uh, sanitizers that kill coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, like Nicole was saying, you know, going through and reviewing our procedures and making sure that we're doing everything to keep people safe. Yeah. So, so are you, is your beer in some of the, of the other stores here or do we, or do we go direct to you to buy? So our currently cans are only at the brewery. Um, same with the bottles. Um, we just, we didn't do the UPC codes on them yet. We, this was a very last minute thing that we kind of threw together. Christopher literally gave me 24 hours to design the labels on the cans. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, this is like, I love it. She did an awesome job. She knocked it out of the park. Yeah. We're going to, yeah. for everyone listening, we'll post a bunch of pictures yeah. too. But I mean, I, you did a great job. Thank you. It's basically our crowler, just smaller. Um, but so... The package beer only in-house right now. We'll be looking at doing that eventually to distribute a little bit more. But our kegs have always been available around Charleston um, at bars and restaurants. Obviously, those sales have stopped, um, but we're slowly starting to see that pick up a little bit as courtyards and outside dining is opening up around the city. Um, so that that's where you could get our beer outside of the actual brewery itself. Yeah, and I think that that's something to call out is during that shutdown period, um, you know, it the brewing industry is is nice in the sense that most breweries can adapt. So if they're thrown something their way, they adapt and they pivot and they make something work. Um, the hard hit with this um, pandemic was that there's no there's no shifting. So not only were our sales on site, you know, hit, we were forced to shut down, which I'm actually thankful for because we didn't really want to be open during you know during that first wave. Um, but also other bars and restaurants were shut down, so there was no distribution. Yeah. So there, you know, the some breweries were able to make some money on packaged, you know, cans that are at Harris Teeter and that sort of stuff. Um, but you know, we weren't in that boat just yet. So for us, it was really, you know, just people coming to the brewery and supporting us. Cool. So 
So and so that's and you what what are the hours of the brewery if people want to come by and pick stuff up? So Tuesday to Friday we're open from two to seven, and then on the weekend Saturday and Sunday one to five. Um, as we start to open up the courtyard and the inside dining eventually when that's available, um, we'll be moving those hours around a little bit though. So, and assuming things get back to some sort of a new normal, what are some of like the next steps for you guys as you move forward with your brand? So the, the one thing I'm very excited about, and it's going to be weird as to how this plays out, but we're coming up on our one year anniversary on June 5th. Yeah. Um, so de- depending on the, on how things look, we were originally planning a huge bash for that weekend. <laughs> um, I think instead we're basically going to, I would like to keep it still a weekend long event but just kind of have limited um, capacity. So we'll probably around that time frame be releasing a couple of new beers that are going to be really exciting. Awesome. Uh, our first sour is coming out. We partnered with Boone Hall for uh, some strawberries. So we have a strawberry sour kettle sour. Coming Yay! Out. Yeah, which people are very excited. I'm yeah. so excited yeah. about that. It's, I love it's that. Tasting delicious. And I, I'm just, fingers crossed, we, uh, we're doing some other things to make sure everything's good. Um, the, issue with or the concern with sours is sometimes uh can infect a brewery or um, things can go wrong with it uh with us using the fresh fruit from boone hall you know there's things growing on that fruit so we took a lot of steps to make sure we did everything right but i'm waiting to to hear back on some tests that we did to to make sure that those are good but so anyway though that's super exciting we're gonna have special glasses which I did not think we were going to be this kind of brewery when we first started. <laughs> but, um, but now I'm like, yeah, it's going to be cool. Glasses for the yeah. one year anniversary. So we're That's so awesome. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. And we, we got them before, like, I think we took delivery before the pandemic oh, happened. Yeah. And so they've just been sitting in the tap room. And I, I made the joke. I'm like, I'm just going to take one home so I can drink out of it. And she said, it's not our one year yet. You can't. Aw, I so, love That's awesome. Yeah. That, those are the things I'm, I'm looking forward to. So who decides, like, do you guys sit down together and decide on, like, if you're going to create a new brew, like, what flavors, fruits, whatever goes into it? Who sits down and does that? That's all him. Yeah. So I, I would say I, I usually, I kind of take the lead on it, but a lot of things, especially if it's not, you know, just an IPA or, you know, all these like mainstream or, you know, beers that are just, you know, you see them everywhere. Yeah. Um, if it's anything other than that, I always ask Nicole. Um, so we're actually working on a milk stout right now. Uh, and we haven't, I've never really used uh, lactose, which is milk sugar in yeah. a beer before. Uh, we've done some like, little toying around, but not a full batch. So... I want to do a milk stout because mainly to barrel age it for later uh, this winter, but I want to do it in a way that is uh, thick and creamy. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Trillium or Treehouse. Um, there, there are some no. New England style breweries, okay. but their um, their milk stouts are very silky, very smooth. Um, it pours like motor oil, which is kind of weird. Wow! But yeah. it, it almost is like a like a Russian Imperial Stout. It, it looks like it's going to be something that's really crazy, but it usually clocks in between 5 and 7% ABV instead of like 13%. Oh, wow. So in the next week or two here, I, I think I'm going to take a, um, I'm going to try to do something like that. I just wrote the recipe um, and the procedures are very different than we normally see. So I'm excited, but things like that anyway, I always run by Nicole because I, I want to make sure that she's on board with doing something that we might end up going down the drain. Yeah. Doesn't turn out. Like, am I going crazy? <laughs> Hear me out on this. Yeah. <laughs> Have you always been like a, 
technical tinkerer kind of a person? Like, was that like was like in your wheelhouse to begin with? Yeah. So I went to school for electrical engineering. Um, but even when I was a kid, I would take toys that I would get, you know, motorized, you know, like the Fisher Price toys and stuff <laughs> that we were talking about, and our power wheels, all of that. And I would take a screwdriver and just take it all apart and then put it back together just to see how it worked. So I've always been that type of person that always wants to know how things work and then see if I can rebuild it uh, the way that it's supposed to be. Usually cool. ended up with extra parts. <laughs> they still work. You're like, we didn't even need this. Yeah, Who exactly. put this in here? Yeah. Yeah. I could really help these people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can get on the phone with Fisher Price. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm jealous. So what so what is what are some of the things that you'd like people to know about you guys or the brewery and your brand going forward? And again, we want them to come in in to buy beer right now. It's a great time to come yeah, in to buy beer. Yeah. We know those hours. And what make else? those plans for late May. To yeah. get in there. Yeah. Start planning with your friends. <laughs> a small group of friends, but go. Up to eight people. Up yeah. to eight people. <laughs> or two tables. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. We were just talking about this <laughs> yeah. um, with Chris Wynn. Um, and we were like, oh, yeah. So if you come with more than eight, you have to decide who's getting separated. You have to pick the pool table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't pretend you guys don't like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be boys against girls, like an eighth oh, grade dance. Sure. Actually, I'm pretty sure in our friend group, that's exactly what would happen. Oh, yeah, sure. um, I will put in a quick plug before I let Nicole answer that question. Um, the, the things that um, I think really shine during this pandemic that could have been improved, South Carolina is one of very few states that is still under the three-tier system, meaning mm-hmm. that we have to go through a distributor um, to get uh, our product out there outside of the tap room. And so things that could really help us or could have helped us during this pandemic was delivery, um, which I don't know necessarily that we would do that, but there's definitely um, breweries that are set up that could handle that. Sure. So being able to deliver beer, one, it it would be ridiculously safe compared to having people go out. Um, So if the governor ever, you know, thinks about that. Uh, And then the other one, and this has been on my wish list, you know, before we started, was that uh, we're currently under a 288-ounce limit. So what that means is if you come to a brewery, you can only, per person, you can only order one case or four six-packs. Uh, um, we are... Or nine crawlers. Or nine, yeah. <laughs> we know these numbers by... Yeah. <laughs> um, but that also means that when people come to us and they say, hey, we love your brewery, we really want your beer at our wedding, what can we do? We tell them, well, if you come and get six packs or crawlers, we can do that. But what they really want is they want kegs. So we have to tell them to go through bottles or total wine or something, which is good. Like we want to make sure that we're supporting those places. But if there are regulars, we want to be able to take care of them and make sure that product is also fresh rather than bouncing around in trucks and God knows what's happening, warming up in the backyard and who knows. Um, so I'll just put in a quick plug. Those are things that we would like to see change that could really be helpful coming out of this. Common sense also like you said. Yes, yes exactly. Brand it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're we're going to lead the charge. Yeah. Do you, did you have anything else you wanted to share about the, just the brand of the brewery of plants? I mean, the, our brand has always been like being a local watering hole for the community. So I mean, Nicole, you've been to the brewery. I designed it in a way that is community-based, which is going to be interesting after this pandemic to see kind of how that plays. We have a lot of community tables, so we'll kind of be transitioning a little bit. But, like, we're just a husband and wife who started a brewery, and we love Charleston, and 
come and see us. We love to talk. We love to talk about the brewery. We love to talk about the beer. We love to talk about you. Like, just come in, and we're very friendly, and um, we we want our brewery to be a positive um, addition to the Charleston scene, and that's something that we've always been striving to to do. Um, and then also supporting other local businesses. So people putting together podcasts, or we're doing a, a glass uh, pickup on Friday with Kishore Recycling. We have a lot of local people coming in to do events. We'll kind of see how that changes after this is all over, but we're there to support others as much as others support us. We love awesome. it. So we'll definitely be there hopefully May 18th. Or whenever we're <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll come and stop yeah. Do, do you have any other questions? No, I do have one question. So I... Is there, did I imagine this, but do you guys have a new bottled blonde? So we have Shelly Beach and cans. So okay. It is, okay. Yeah. Um, Not bottled, yeah, yeah, can. Yeah. Sorry, and sorry. in the mix. As so I touch a can and I say yeah. bottle. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was the very first beer that we brewed um, is when we got the brewery up and going. And then, funnily enough, that was the first beer that we canned, and we canned it exactly one year after we brewed it for the first time. It was, very it was a weird. weird coincidence. That's cool. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. funny how things like that happen. Yeah. So where do you guys hang out when you're not working? Ooh. And there's no and we're not in the lockdown. I yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> says that they're like, I uh, wait, where do I eat? What's my favorite food here? <laughs> so I, I was opening some blogs. So we, so I used to brew at Two Books. Um, okay. And so Maddie's a good friend of ours. Um, so we'll sometimes we have a German Shepherd now uh, named Duke. He's all over our social media. Yeah. We'll see him. Um, and so yeah, just, hey, is that him? No. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, he's, uh, he's at home. I thought. Um, but so sometimes we'll take him over there because they're um, dog friendly inside. So we'll, we'll bring him and, and hang out there. Um, I I personally love Crafty Draft um, over um, right across Isle Isle Palms Connector yep. uh, and Seaside Farms. Um, Colby over there, just great guy. Um, always amazing beer, uh, and he supports every local brewery in town. It, it it's awesome to see. Um, I'd say those are my go-tos. And then other than that, like going to the beach where we can, when we can, Shem Creek. I mean, who doesn't love Shem yeah. Creek? Yep. Um, and then hanging out with our friends in the backyards and do a lot of game nights or cookouts and just having fun. Oh, and Pier 4, or um, the basement. So it used to be on 41. Um, and oh. so Brandon Flory, Brandon Renee, they uh, turned it into like an adult arcade type center. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah, I, I have a lot of fun going there. And I didn't know. So we went to On 41, but I have not. So yeah, so On 41, also the same owners, um, but across the parking lot. So it used to be, oh no, sorry, On 41. Yeah, is what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, but now they've turned it over and brought in a bunch of arcade games. They got like basketball, Buck Hunter. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Shuffleboard. Uh, it's a really, really cool concept. Yeah. That's cool. Hopefully that uh, we got to find a way to do that coronavirus safe now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. everything, yeah. right? Uh, well, thank you guys so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to meet you guys. We'll definitely get you guys shouted out, and uh, we'll certainly do a repost on social media when uh, you guys open up to hopefully drive as much traffic there as possible. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you so, you so much. much. Thanks. Thanks thank for coming you. on.